Welcome to Scent 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. We are so glad you're here. Yeah. Especially you, Matt. I'm always here. I would try to put these wires places. It wouldn't come out good. It wouldn't at all. It'd be terrible. I got to tell you, though, I did some research, mm-hmm. and I looked up in the dictionary. They still have those, too, by the mm-hmm. way. I looked up in the dictionaries. The world's nicest, most loving person. Guess who came up? Who? Lexi Ebert. That's wow. what, there's a picture over there. And I went, whoa, Lexi, you made it. I was going to say Matt. <laughs> Matt's a good guy. Maybe I look for female. You know, that, that's what it is. Yeah. Lexi, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. We've had all sorts of conversations over the years that have just been so meaningful to me that we could just talk about those. Let's talk about what we talked about. But... I don't know. I just, I love you so much. I love you. Let's get to it. I want to know this because I just don't know it. How did Jesus capture your heart in the beginning? That's a great question. Thank you. I was raised Catholic, and though my mom was a widower and didn't drive a car, we walked to St. Bridget's in Pacific Beach every week. So for that, I am forever grateful for her commitment that we would know the Lord. I got mad at God after she passed away when I was 18 and spent years away from Him until I moved into a mobile home park and I lived across the street from the Dolans, who were (laughs) dear friends of Dave Hoffman. And I'd watch the kids while they met and talked about building the church together. Wow. And their daughter, Mindy, kept inviting me, kept asking. She was five. This is Mindy Hoffman. Wow. Who just got married. No, this was Mindy Dolan. Oh, okay. Who Dave Hoffman named his Mindy after. Okay. Oh. Now we're going to the we'll roots, go way back. Matt. Yes. I'm an OG? original. You're yeah. OG, right? I am. On. So the, I think I, you're the first, except for Dave and Mark, you're the first mm-hmm. ones. All the way back. And the Dolans were amazing and they loved Dave. And so we started going after Mindy invited us several times. What was the size of the church back then? We were at, I think, the Jewish school. And I came when Renee Garner was singing the first time, which I thought was an angel. Yeah. And pro- I would say 20, 25. 25 people. Oh. We just baptized somewhere over the 4,000th, and there's about six yeah. or 7,000 people that yeah. call Foothills their home, however often they attend. Yeah. You were in the very beginning. It's one of my most cherished things in my life that I have been at the same church watching several generations grow yeah. up. Very cool. Um, oh, I'm hiring people whose parents worked there, whose grandparents yes. worked there now. Yes. I really want, yes. if there's some pastors that are listening or people that are just a church plant and they're just starting out, mm-hmm. I want to encourage them with that story. What God can do when you do what He tells you to do. Amen. He just breathes on it and there you go. Or what a little five-year-old invites you to come into. Yes, you five-year-olds take Crazy. food. So it is, cool. It is so cool. Yes, and Mindy ended up giving my husband his first Bible. And 
we got married. He wasn't a believer, and I changed up on him, having met the Dolans and Dave and started going Bait to church. Big switch there, huh? Yeah, so over the years, we've been married 40 years. He did everything. He came to all the classes and home group and everything we did at church, but he just didn't believe. He just couldn't. His science mind just couldn't believe. So it's been 10 years since he gave his life to the Lord. And how long, and this is another one, it's another reason why I wanted you to be able to encourage people that are in the same place that you were for a long time. Now, first of all, Ken Ebert is one of the nicest human beings (laughs) on earth. He He was surrounded by all these church people, (laughs) and he would go to all these church functions, and people just loved on him and were Mm -hmm. genuine with him, and probably Half Mm -hmm. of them didn't know that he wasn't just another Christian bro. Right. How long did you pray for his salvation? 30 years. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Years. And I can't say it was all on my knees and beautiful because I would get so frustrated. I'd come home from a great sermon and it's so for you, hon. It's great. And no. And so I'd get mad. And And you wouldn't respond. No. And fine, I'm not going to pray for you then. And it was during one of those bratty little tantrums I had, it was shortly before Easter, that I just said, fine, don't believe in God. And God spoke to him during the Easter service through the worship, and he didn't tell me for a couple weeks. We went out to dinner, it was close to our anniversary. That little punk. I know. (laughs) And he told me in Old Town, I have something to tell you. And he had just gone to the doctor. Oh, scary. I'm like, okay, I need to sit down. What is it? And he goes, God called me on Easter. And I'm like, you, you're you just telling me now? Why didn't you tell me? And he goes, I had to talk to him. I had to see. And then weeks later, maybe six weeks later, he got baptized with two of our granddaughters. Oh, oh my gosh. So cool. It was so sweet. And he attained to the lofty heights of Christendom. He might still be an usher. The only thing in the pecking order of Christians, the only thing that's higher than an usher for me yes. are the people on the bus ministry. No, yes. for real. They're oh, legend. Yeah. Yeah. They're yes. legend. That is so cool. Are there some tips or some strategies? You already talked about a failure where you just shrugged your shoulders and said, whatever. whatever. (laughs) But how would you encourage somebody that has somebody they love in their life so much to endure? To not give up. Just every day, don't give up. One day at a time. You pray. There's different techniques in praying for your loved ones and friends. I've learned a lot over the years in all the classes I've taken, specifically going through the book, Praying for Your Husband. The enemy doesn't want you to, so when you're off track, do whatever it takes to get back there. Write out a scripture you want to pray over that person. Or Now that I'm older, I keep a notebook because I can't remember very much, but I'll write the person down and what to pray and scriptures. Call a friend. Get a partner to pray with. I love our prayer meetings. I love how they're done now. And you can text that in. There's so many supports, but you have to be a a little bit proactive and not give up. Yeah. I think there's another side to it, too. If you were nagging and that uh, never works. hostile, yeah. <laughs> but the bottom line is you just don't quit. You just don't go. But there's some real wisdom in there in getting a partner and going at it different ways. And you know what? 
praying for 30 years, and he's got 10 years of relationship with Jesus Christ, and he's going strong. It's worth it, right? Oh, absolutely. I had known about not getting married unequally yoked, but when you're in life, and I'd already had a couple kids, that wasn't a discussion I had before we got married. I see now why and understand why, but there's great hope, and there's great joy (laughs) in coming together and knowing you're praying now together for your family and your grandkids and your kids, and and it's, yeah, never give up. A a wife who is a godly example can lead her husband into salvation, not in the sense of commanding him for sure, right? But just loving him, being an example, living a godly life, and and a congregation who is patient and loving mm-hmm. and respectful instead of confrontive and, and snooty, like, I'm a Christian, why aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can just do amazing things. God wants to work through us. But Amen. you know what, too, pastors think on Easter— Hey, those guys have been there. How many Easter's has Ken Eber been to? And they just think that an Easter service isn't a real big salvation service. But boom, right there, there. God broke through. Yeah, I've been here. I've heard this. Mm -hmm. I've done this. Mm -hmm. And broke through and saved him Mm -hmm. forever. So good. When we started the podcast a while ago, like in our third year, it's crazy. But we mapped out different styles of sharing Jesus Mm -hmm. because people are built different ways. I think all of our listeners who know you and Mike Van Meter would probably suggest that you're different. Would you agree with that? Different? A little bit. A little bit. A little right? bit. And God uses both of you in magnificent ways. And if, if people want to study those styles, they can go back to the very first season and, and find those, and those can be helpful. Because, quote evangelism, that word, sharing Jesus, happens a variety of ways. It's just amazing. And if you're obedient, God will breathe on it. Amen. I want you to share how you share Jesus. I want you just to describe it for me. My grandson says, my grandson Noah says, it just oozes out of you, Grandma. (laughs) (laughs) It does. It's true. I think I just see something God puts in front of me, and I'll do it. I'll just love on someone or... My neighbor, I think relationship is important. Yeah. So I just do little practical things. If there's a need to be met, I try and meet it or ask God to help me find the way to meet it. And I love talking about the Lord and His faithfulness and goodness and how I wouldn't even be around here if it wasn't for knowing Jesus. Um, So it's a lot of taking cookies over to my Hells Angel next-door neighbor. It's parking in front of the drug dealer's house and praying for him, and then taking him out to lunch, and (laughs) then meeting his family, and, oh, they came to church. Yeah. Just, you know, someone elderly, I live, she lives behind me for years, I plant sweet peas on the fence, because that's her favorite flower. So we get to put bouquets on her porch, and it always ends up being a conversation about the Lord over a simple act of growing her favorite 
yeah. flower. So. I think this is so important. <laughs> there are people that the enemy guilts and shames that they're not doing their job to get people saved. And there are certain people that are just built to transmit ooze, like you said, <laughs> the love of that Jesus. Was so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's a great insight talking. So it is so beautiful and effective, especially when it's just genuine and authentic because it's how you're made. And what it says is, you know how much Jesus loves you. So that's easy to love mm-hmm. other people that way. Some people are hard to love. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes I'm hard to love. You made my wedding cake. I did. Yeah. Oh, that was an act of love. That was so sick. Well, you've made so many for so many. That's just cake evangelism is a pretty good thing. It really is. And when you talk to, like I would talk to my students about the ingredients, they're all yucky by themselves, raw eggs and flour and maybe not sugar. But when you mix them all together... It's something beautiful. And yeah. so when we take our lives that have yickiness and brokenness, and but then we meet Jesus, it makes something beautiful. And yeah, a lot of my school lessons and talking about Jesus revolve around food. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's neat is that's, that's his plan. That's, he yeah. made it that way. Oh, that's I'm his so desire glad. for it to be that way. And that's just, it's really neat. And so many times we're like flower. Mm-hmm. Why am I stuck with flour? Well, this is so dry. You can't eat flour. This is horrible. God, why would you put this flour into my life? And you're just complaining and complaining mm-hmm. about an ingredient in your life that makes something absolutely delicious mm-hmm. when you say, okay, Lord, right? Some Amen. of the best women's ministry I've had is in the kitchen because you're baking. You're not sitting across the table and one's crying and one's listening. You're baking and talking about ingredients, and it's been beautiful with young women struggling. We used to do a college ministry, and I have fruit trees. A lot of what I will take to Linda Hoffman is a basket I leave on her porch. But she knows I thought about her, I prayed for them, and... I don't have money. <laughs> I just got a basket. Yeah, and Linda doesn't want your no, money. I, um, I can't give big things. <laughs> I just got a bag of lemons and peppers oh, on my porch. Yum. And I know exactly who did it, Betsy. <laughs> and I know that she's doing it because Sylvia's the lemon and mm-hmm. I'm the pepper. And mm-hmm. we love it. And it's what they have. And they use that. One of the things, too, in the kitchen, for a long time, uh, recently, it's, it was just this last Monday. Sylvia cooks with our daughter, Lauren. Great. And then I get the four grandkids, and we do a variety of things. Some of them dangerous. (laughs) And it just, it really is. So not only can it be a way to share Jesus with people who don't know Jesus, but it Mm -hmm. most certainly can be loving each other. Mm -hmm. Because once again, that's a diabolical evangelism tool. The Bible tells us how we love one another mm-hmm. is going to tell the world that the Father sent the Son. Amen. Unity and loving each other and not being like people that are just fighting for their own way and things like that. So incredibly powerful. That's what Ken got to see for those 30 years. He got to see the messiness and the goodness of the family of God yes. together, taking care of each other. Yes. When Sylvia's late husband died tragically, mm-hmm. 
people loved her in such yes. a way, it brought her family members to salvation because mm-hmm. they thought that they had to protect Sylvia, and it was like, wow. no, <laughs> that's the way it's done. Yeah. yeah, it's just loving each other. We, it happens all the time, but yeah. especially in a family as big as ours, there's always some tragedy. There's always people that are having hard times, they're going through things, and we have great opportunities to love each other. So even in the body of Christ, that's evangelism. That is showing the love of Jesus to the world, Mm -hmm. and it blows them away. Like I was talking about with the tragedy of Sylvia's late husband passing away, you've known a little bit of tragedy as well. In fact, not a little bit. And people have seen how you responded to that. Can you describe that situation and what God led you through? Yes. (laughs) Two of our five kids struggled with drugs throughout their 20s and on, and would recover and do well and then relapse. And that was a pattern. Almost two years ago, our youngest, Patrick, was in this amazing program, a hard recovery program. They let us know he was a leader, he was doing great, but we couldn't have contact till he got out. And he got out a couple weeks before Christmas, probably the best he's ever been in his life. Strong, had goals, just wanted to be a dad to his boys, and somehow, after seeing him within 48 hours, Uh, We won't ever know what happened, but he overdosed on fentanyl and died. We were just shocked because we had just spent time with him two days ago, and he had so many goals. So that was just surreal, and, and it didn't make sense. We were in a fog for a while, but we had a memorial service at our beautiful church surrounded by so many that love us and have prayed for our kids. It was a beautiful service, but you're in a fog. Yeah. I have to say that our home group, our circle, our community loved on us so well and brought us things to read and talk about. I visited, but there was a period I thought I would just never, I didn't want to go on. It's made no sense to me. Gosh. But his girlfriend had been arrested and had found out she was pregnant in jail. And we offered to take the baby after it was born because she still needed to do some things. And Is this the young man I worship with this Sunday up front? That's so cute. (laughs) So good, man. He's two now. He's two. And yes, he loves Jesus. And he's a... He's a gift. He's a little joy bomb <laughs> from God. What's his name? Kyle. Okay, Kyle. After Kyle Morris. Is that right? Yes. Whoa, shout and out Kyle. Kyle Patrick. But through all of this, which we all have in common, we have tragedy, we have sadness and sorrow and joy. You make your way through the fog and you some days have to just hold on to the hem of his garment because it's so painful and you miss him so much. But that just shows how much you loved him and how much they mattered and you just keep going forward. Missing them and the pain never goes away, 
But I see him and his boys. He has three amazing boys. Mm -hmm. And we're so happy to get to help raise Kyle. And his mama is doing well. And God has now given me a new ministry to love on women in recovery. And Can you talk about that a little bit? Because oh. I think that's magnificent. I mean, people need people loving on them and supporting them when they're trying to do a really hard thing. It's a really hard thing, and it comes with such an awful, heavy cloak of shame. And that is not from the Lord. But once Kyle's mama was doing great, she was offered to be the house mom of a new home on 70th Street, built and furnished beautifully for 12 women in recovery. And they do the meetings there, and they do their classes there, and they're all working. And so it's a new concept as far as recovery. You're not at a government-run type mm -hmm. situation, dorm situation. You're in a home. The first time I went, I was a little nervous, thinking, oh, I just want the Lord invited in. God was already there. Yeah. And those ladies let me pray for them. They now let me keep books and journals and devotions. Our little one we have from church with devotions yeah, in yeah. it. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. We're talking about maybe doing a Bible study or just, you have to have relationship first. So, yeah. you know what I do. I bake for them. Yes, yeah, I was going to ask, <laughs> but I didn't need to. Pumpkin muffins and banana bread right now are the hit. I bet. <laughs> but it's a beautiful way to get to be a part of that recovering group in our society. They need Jesus. You can just see it. They just need to know they're loved, they're one of a kind, unique. God has plans and purposes. And so I just asked if I could be the home grandma, and they said yes. <laughs> no, God will shed His light anywhere His children are obedient, like the light of the world, right? And that devotional that you're talking about goes into Ironwood State Prison. Wow. Every single week. We have to process it to get mm -hmm. it in and everything. And a guy that's in there who I stay in touch with for years, and Thank he's in there you. for a long time, has led over a hundred people to the Lord last wow. time. That's incredible. He would just put a bag, a little lunch bag, yep. and he would write, need prayer. And people would come and pray, and he does the devotions. We send them in yep. Spanish, too. There are so many ways wow. I love to that. just share Jesus with people. It doesn't take millions of dollars, and you don't have to go thousands of miles. What you have to do is just do what he tells you to do. That's what I see you doing. I try and ask God every morning, help me not to miss an opportunity to love somebody in your name. Mm -hmm. And... That has helped me so much just to ask that simple prayer. He shows you, and sometimes it's really the construction guys in the street. You know, the ones really? you just waved at coming in? <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm old enough where I'd rather look silly and yeah. I'm not going to miss an opportunity. Well, I'm you can't, you know, when you get to be my age, <laughs> which, when you catch up with me. I think I'm older uh, than you. you. Can, I'm not sure. <laughs> but you can get by with stuff. Yeah, I remember Grandma Ruth. 
Yes. So that's Mark and Dave I want to be like her. I know what you want to be. I want to be like Al Green. So yes. we've got our yes. goals. Yes. Hallelujah. Life goals. <laughs> but she would be in the grocery store line, and she would just strike up a conversation with somebody in the grocery store line and go, oh, honey, you have to come hear my son preach. Here's a card, <laughs> I and it. I just, I, you can come sit with me at church. Yep. I love that. You know what I want to do, and I do this often on this show, the person who lives their life a certain way, knows how to pray for people like them, right? Mm. People that have been suffering through tragedy, people who have to endure in prayer for maybe a long time, people that are built to just serve and love in somewhat small ways that Mm -hmm. can have a, a really great impact. But before you pray for these folks, I want to remind you that when we walk out of our office, these are the pastors at Foothills Christian Church, we see a beautiful painting. Oh, I'm so glad. I love with that. With Patrick's name on it. And it just makes me think of him, your boys, Thank who you. I've lifted weights with. They got big, yes. I didn't. Yeah. And it makes me think of your family. And That's so a picture pray- of, prayers go up. Of heaven, where you go to pray in heaven. Mm, how go. beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, man, I'll show oh, I've stuff. seen it. Have but it? yeah, I'd like oh, to see I'm it. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'd like you to show it to me. Yeah. So it's time for you to pray for folks. So let's get to it. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I just want to say the one thing that really helps when I pray is the beginning of Proverbs 2, where it teaches us to ask for wisdom and incline our ear and lean into, and then it talks about what God gives us. So, I just want to share that. Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to Pray for my brothers and sisters out there, Lord, that might be suffering, might be hurting, might be brokenhearted, Lord, that you would meet with them, that you would send people across their paths to speak life and hope and truth, like I've had so many times over the years. Lord, you send someone that lifts my heart and directs my path back to you. And I just pray that they will give themselves enough grace to just cry out to you. Lord, there's many days when I pray, I just hold up my hand until I feel like you're holding my hand through the hard, sad days, which we all have. We all have. And sometimes I cannot articulate a beautiful verse-filled prayer, Lord. And it's as simple some mornings as just saying, Jesus, come. So, God, bless those that are seeking to spend time with you, to know you, to know the comfort and joy you bring us all. Lord, help them to just take one day at a time as they walk forward. Help them to get such peace out of reading your word or listening to worship or just quietly learning how to be still. That is not easy for a lot of people, Lord, just to be still and trust you. So, Lord, I just lift up whoever might hear this, God, that they draw a little nearer to you in whatever way possible, whether you send someone across their path, or they hear a song, or they read something inspiring, they open their Bible they haven't opened in a long time, 
I just ask you to meet with them, Lord. Meet with them. Yes. And fill them with hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.